Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I am your host, Summershine. This is a Rogue Media Network production. On this podcast, we're going to explore the deep wounds of tragedy, the way folks just like you survived said tragedy, and the nuances that we reflect on that now make us laugh. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to hear stories of profound survival, even when it didn't seem like it was possible. Sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride. Welcome to Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I am not your host, Summershine. Um, I am Chrissy Rivers, and uh, Summer is sick this morning. We're super bummed about that, um, but really excited to have uh, Patricia and Gwen back with us this week for part two of their episode, where we are discussing what it is like to transition in a marriage and make that marriage work. Um, and so we'll just dive right in because we just had so much left to talk about last week. We ran out of time and I didn't feel done. How about you guys? How are you? Doing well. But yeah, I felt like there's there's more to that story that I think is uh, worth coming back to. So thanks for having us back this week. Yeah, thank you guys for coming. I mean, we, we um, uh, Rogue Media Network posted the uh, episode already, and we had a lot of um, feedback oh, on wow. it. You guys got a lot of feedback on your on your pages where you posted it. What has that been like having that conversation again or continuing? It's been interesting. It's been fun. Um, it's really neat to have people. I think feel like that they can hear about our experience without it having to be the um super personal and direct conversation that I think a lot of people are kind of intimidated by having so this has kind of given us a platform and an opportunity to share things with people that we love dearly um in a way that makes it I just think more accessible yeah so that's been really cool that's cool that's great yeah uh 
I wonder, um, do you feel a strange responsibility to, um, not strange, that's definitely the wrong word. <laughs> do you feel a responsibility to like, um, to inform people? And do you have a, a, an impending sense of where that could turn um, to resentment? Because I'm asking because that has happened for me a little bit with, um, you know, racial conversations where I feel really um, empowered to inform and then incredibly beat down and frustrated by trying to continue to talk about it. Sure, yeah, I get that. This is definitely something that we want to share about um, and are feeling encouraged to share about since it is so new to us and everybody around us. Um, but yeah, it's, it can definitely be difficult having that burden of education at times and it's nice to be able to pull back and point to other resources occasionally. Yeah, I think having this out in the world helps us to be like, here, we've already told this story, go listen. Uh, <laughs> when, when we're feeling tired, we can just maybe redirect. That doesn't sound very kind, but it just, you know, you know, Chrissy, it's just that, it's, it's just real. When you get the vulnerability hangover, when you're just exhausted from having to talk about what is just your new normal life, um, there's some moments where it's joyful, there's some conversations where it's lovely, and then there's some moments where you're like, yeah, just how about you listen to this, or how about you read this, and this adds to that ability to send a link to someone when we're just feeling too tired. Mm -hmm. Because have you had a lot of people that, um, you, that you just can't talk, talk with about it? Are there people in your life that you have had to change your relationship with? Yeah, we definitely have had a a few changed relationships over the course of this past year, um, both in dynamic and volume. I mean, I have to say too, Glenn, I mean, you and I didn't know each other very well before this. I just, sure. when you guys were living in Texas, I just knew you as Patricia's husband, honestly, you know, because I don't pay attention to people. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Particularly, uh, <laughs> right? And, um, and you're an Enneagram five. So we have to talk about that um, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've been really like, I'm just compelled with your social media because you seem to have really found your voice. And um, I've just, I find myself like watching what you post every day and uh, it's, it's enlightening and very cool. Thanks. I'm glad you feel so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both of you, actually. I'm just, I'm, I'm really fascinated with you. And what is it like to be in this position where people are asking you questions and you are, um, your, your story is compelling and interesting and you're an Enneagram 5 and um, you gotta, you gotta tell us what, that, what that's like because we talk about the Enneagram quite a bit, Summer and I. Oh my goodness, it is so stressful and crazy to me. Um, I love being able to do my research and plan things out and have a, you know, an idea in my mind, at least, of where things are going. And in environments like this, it doesn't always work out too well that way. Um, and especially when I've got other resources that I know I can point somebody to is, can say it better, more eloquently than I can. Just feel like I fumble over the words and get all embarrassed and up in my head about everything. Oh, I haven't, I haven't felt that from you, but 
at all. I want you to know that. Um, and luckily, you also have Patricia, who, even though you're an Enneagram 6, Patricia, is that right? Are you phobic? Yeah. Or do you know? Um, I think a funny thing this last year has really taught me that I'm actually very counterphobic. Um, I think I've assumed a, a, a phobic position for a long time, um, but this year has grown me a lot. And so I don't know if I changed from counterphobic or from phobic to counterphobic, but I know that I am counterphobic now. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I would think too. I mean, because I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no Enneagram expert, but counterphobic is uh, the the six that looks a lot like an eight. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that is, that's where I am now. I definitely used to be the phobic is the like has an authority, obeys it no matter what, is scared of stepping outside of the lines of what that authority has told them. And I used to live very much in that camp, but I don't know, this last year has taught me to step away from needing the committee that a six loves to have of like other people telling them their opinion first before they make decisions. Mm. Um, I've stepped away from that committee and now trust my own self. I trust my own thoughts. I trust my own ability to learn, to adapt, to change. Um, as my counselor taught me, I can trust myself to self-correct if I find myself in a place I don't want to be. Um, and so I, I feel like I've moved very counterphobic that now I question everything. Now I, cause that's what, a, that's what a counterphobic six does is questions authority until they know they can trust them. And I feel like that's where I've moved to, to say like, are you my authority? Why would I think you're my authority? What do you have to say? Is what you have to say truth? Um, and I definitely have moved there. I'm a little bit more uh, willing to step into the fight, especially, uh, and that's the super six loyalist element. I'm willing to step into the fight if it means defending people I love. Ah, uh, yes. Woo, I'm getting chills. I'm just thinking. <laughs> That's got to be like suddenly having wings. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. I, I'm a little surprised and shocked at times by how much of myself I have found in this last year. Girl, same <laughs> here. Same yeah. here. I found myself on stage at church um, last night and uh, well, I decided to wear a dress and, you know, some low heels. Just as cute. It's hot, you know? And, uh, but... And I love that stuff. I love to decorate myself, you know, use ornamentation to make myself feel feminine and beautiful and blah, blah, blah. But I was not into it. And, um, and it, it doesn't seem necessary anymore. You know, I, yeah. I used that as a defense mechanism, I think a lot. And I found myself standing on stage last night, just pissed off that I was wearing this stupid <laughs> Because what I really wanted to do was jump up and down and, you know, and really like use my body to worship. And that's much more difficult when you're worried about showing your booty to everybody. Truly. You know? Yeah. And it was just, it's just such a, it's a very different role that I'm playing in life in a very short amount of time where it is no longer important to me that I am, that I feel beautiful in the room. It is important to me that you recognize my power and stance in the room, you know? Mm -hmm. mm, yes. That, I have a feeling that this is what a lot of, um, you know, men have gotten to feel like all of life. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. That's a good way to put that. Um. <laughs> so I, I'm just, I got my fist in the air over here with you. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna tread into this um, and try, try to just dive right in, but um, I want everybody to know that I asked if this was okay beforehand 
and um, uh, to, to talk about, and also that we're going to talk a little bit about sex and sexuality. I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but if you do have um, kids listening, you might want to pause or turn it down and come back and listen later. So, um, okay. Uh, for anyone who is um, not caught up, Patricia and Gwen were married a number of years ago um, in 2019. Gwen disclosed to Patricia that um, that she was she. Um, they were married as man and wife, and um, and Gwen is transitioning is transitioning to a female, and um, that, that this is clumsy. I'm sure I'm getting some of this wrong. You guys. Keep going punch me <laughs> virtually um and so that's where we are if you didn't um if you haven't listened to episode one please go back and do that now I probably should have said that at the start of this thing uh, <laughs> all of that said so you guys are you you decide to disclose it can no longer be something you're not talking about Gwen you've got to reckon with this um and be who you are is how I understand it Patricia, you decide to stay in the marriage after a long or a arduous struggle with it. Yeah. Um, and so what, how do you classify your sexuality? Do you classify, do you categorize your sexuality? What do you tell people about your preference? Initially, I felt like, um, you know, it was just my person. I had always loved this person. And I didn't need to classify or categorize my sexuality, but over the last year, um, it just not addressing my sexuality added to the confusion and a little bit of the angst of, um, it just, how do I stay in a marriage where I claim I'm heterosexual, but I'm married to a woman. Um, and it's not, a like I fully affirm and validate she's a woman. Um, so we're not leaving sex out of the marriage. Sorry, full disclosure. Um, I'm yeah. still attracted to her. So what does that mean for me? Um, and so I, I finally did have to grapple with the thought and think about it and really consider. Um, at this point, I would say I'm pansexual. So that is, they call it hearts, not parts. For anyone who doesn't know what that term means. Um, it means that I am attracted to the character of a person more than any physical attribute of them. Um, so over the years, when I look back at my life, I can see one, a term that I learned in this last year is called compulsive heterosexuality. And that was me. I didn't know that I could have any other options, especially growing up in a Christian household in a Christian church community. Um, I didn't know that homosexuality was even an option for me. So I never even considered it for myself. Again, that's part of my like counterphobic or my phobic six was that my authority said so, so I obeyed. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't know it was even an option, so I lived as though I was a straight woman for the last 31 years of my life. Um, but I'm attracted to any gender, um, more than just the binary. I, I'm attracted to the character of a person. And that is how I can have been attracted to Gwen before and still attracted to Gwen now is because I love her. It was when she started to speak to me that I was like, I want to date this person. That when we got to know each other, I was like, yep, this is love. Want to marry her someday. Like all along the way, it was about knowing her that made me attracted to her. 
So it doesn't matter what gender she has presented as. I've always loved her and it's because I'm pansexual. Oh my goodness. Um, talking that was to a really big out moment for me, by the way. I don't know that I've said it that directly to like anyone in my life, but yeah, woo, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, uh, as, as a woman who has uh, lived her entire life, you know, doing that, the whole decorating thing that I was just talking about, trying to, trying to be what I think you want me to be mm-hmm. so that you will want me to, um, I, I'm, I'm finding myself very, very emotional with the idea of how, not the idea, with the truth that mm. I'm recognizing in um, how powerful it is to love a person as they are. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure that we're given, are we given more, more a, a more powerful tool in our, in our toolkit of life than to truly love someone right where they are, um, you know? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> it's, been, it's been huge for us that as I've loved myself and accepted myself, um, as I've recognized Gwen and she's accepted herself, our marriage has had space to grow. It's had space to move forward. Um, space that was lacking before, but we didn't know. We were fine, um, but we didn't know there was more to, to go more to have more to be like we do now oh so is your relationship deeper better is the sex better is it different yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very much so. yeah. especially as we've let go of some of the, like patriarchal roles and just loved that's been better in all aspects of our relationship including sex um yeah that we just let ourselves be free to love one another and to love ourselves and um, it's been, it's been really good. Fantastic. <laughs> that is, that is fun and uh, sensational. And I'll stop because Mike will beep in and tell me to shut up. But 
<laughs> so, okay, Gwen, um, what about you? Do you, do you uh, categorize your sexuality? And if so, how? I do. Um, so I categorize myself as a lesbian now. Um, I've always been attracted to women since ever. Um, <laughs> always had the idea in my head of I identify as a lesbian, but back in my butch phase, as I call it, before I transitioned, it was, uh, I didn't quite understand how that label fit me. And then now in this past year, it has become very clear and obvious how it fit me. And so that is, that is who I am. I am a lesbian trans woman. Yeah, girl. Cool. You guys are so cool. <laughs> So, okay, um, I have just a couple more questions for you. And one of them is, how are you, you have two kids, correct? How old okay. are they again? They are four and three. Okay, so what do the conversations around, um, you know, gender identity, if look like if you're having them at all, do you have them in your house? And, you know, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah, we do have a... Uh few conversations every now and again, um, trying to keep it on their level for what they understand. Because mm -hmm. um, Maggie, our youngest, she hasn't really known anything different from Mama and Mama Lynn. Um, which is what they call which, her, is Mom plus Gwendolyn, Mama Lynn. <laughs> That's so cute, you guys. So yeah, she hasn't really known anything different. So we haven't had a whole lot of those conversations with her. And being three, there's not a whole lot that she understands as far as that goes yet, at least as far as we've seen demonstrated. Um, Grady definitely remembers before I transitioned. And so he had to go through the process. We did have some conversations with him. He did have some confusion um, initially, but he snapped to it real quick and has definitely been fully on board with loving his mom and seeing that I am a better person, a better parent than I ever had been beforehand. Yeah. Grady will tell you in, you know, four-year-old terms, but he, he will note how much more connected he is with his mom and um, he just feels more attached to her and you can absolutely tell. And I mean, the whole family feels more attached to her in general. Um, as right now, our daughter will not stop meeting her. Uh, <laughs> I hear it. It's so cute. Yeah, sorry. sorry. The babies, the babies feel so attached to their mama, and they, you know, right now, especially with the babies and I being home full time, and Gwen going to work still in the midst of COVID, um, they will say longingly halfway through the afternoon, "I miss mama." Lynn. I'll be like, "I know, me too, babies." Um, so they love her in the like. I don't know. There was a phase where she was working two jobs. She still is, but back in, a, you know, before transition and before disclosure, before this life, she was working two jobs. So she was just never home. Um, she worked, you know, a full-time job all day and then a part-time job in the evening and weekends. And so we just never really saw her, which is why Maggie probably doesn't remember a whole lot about having a data. Um, Grady remembers, but still it was like a, like that, that guy's here every once in a while. Um, because she was just so busy working hard for our family. Um, and then now she's still working hard for our family, but the schedule is just weird with her hospital job. Um, she's home in the mornings. And so whenever she wakes up, we get a lot more time with her now because of COVID actually. 
Um, and so the babies are way more attached, but they, they love, we ask them all the time, like, how are you feeling about having two mamas? What do you think? I know it's not what a lot of your friends have and they're cool with it. Um, every once in a while, Grady will say like, I miss having a data and we're like, yep, you get to grieve that. That's okay. Be sad about it. Um, so we try to give them a space to be able to feel the feelings that they have because it's not like we've been without emotion this last year or we'll be without emotion moving forward. There's still things that we'll experience and grieve in the future. Um, and we're okay with that for them and we're okay with that for us. Oh man, that's so, that's such a useful tool in parenting period to let your kids feel what they're feeling. Um, and you know, not rob them of the, the need, the human need, base human need, you know, to grieve and, um, be sad. Yeah. Uh, That actually reminds me of a, um, a conversation Suzanne Stabile had on her podcast, um, the Enneagram journey, Mm -hmm. I think, um, about adoption, you know, um, they teach that same kind of thing, you know, like have, have a, have a birthday party, but also, you know, have a day to grieve the loss of your family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We actually kind of learned that I think where we are in the like space to allow our kids to grieve well and meet them in it is because we, as uh, two of our very best friends are both um, either foster or adoptive parents. Um, and they let us do life together with them really closely back when we lived in Texas. And, um, we saw the way they loved on their kiddos as they had both the joy and the gratitude and the health of being with their new family. And then also the grief and the loss and the hurt of, um, the way, you know, where the way life is created to be that couldn't work for their families. Yeah. So yeah, we were taught that really well. God, God prepared us for where we are right now, um, by giving us opportunities to live into other people's lives as community before we got to where we are now. Amazing. Amazing. You guys, I don't want to just flatter you. I always feel like that's so goofy to listen to uh, as a podcast listener, but I'm just, I'm really, I'm kind of amazed with the both of you. And I guess the only other question that I really have is, um, I hope that, I I didn't ask you to put any thought into this, so I'm going to put you on the spot, but what do you want us to know? What do you want the world to know most about your family, your life, your identities, anything? It's a very good question. We're both staring at each other with a like, are you going to say something face? Um, (laughs) I would say that it's not that scary. Um, Loving a trans person is not scary. She is a fuller version of herself and it is so worth knowing her as completely herself. Um, So once we got through all of the fear and stigma and expectation and misunderstanding, life's been really sweet and I would say back to normal, but completely, and it's a a totally new normal, um, that we have found our new normal and are thriving within at least the space of our little home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's been really cool for us. And that's, I think, what I want everyone else to know is that there is normal to be found if you, it takes work. Put in the work, do the learning, find the normal. 
make the normal um, because it's worth loving a transgender person as the, their full self and completely affirming them because then you get to love a full version of a person that you've always been loving a partial per- portion of. Oh, yes. That's beautiful. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's come, a couple snaps for that. <laughs> yes. Love us all completely. Um, and how about you, Gwen? What do you want the world to know about who you are? Trisha just said it so well. <laughs> a little nervous to follow her. Um, I mean, yeah, she. I'm. I'm still a person. I'm still me. Um, I may look different. I may be working on sounding different. <laughs> um, and I'm. I'm yeah, a more full, authentic version of myself than I ever had been able to be before. Um, and that. It's not as scary as it seems. You know, you said you're a, um, a full version of yourself now. Like I said, my interactions with you were very, very minimal when you guys lived in Texas, but um, my memory of you is definitely like um, the few times we met thinking I, I just didn't see you, you know? Um, <laughs> Because it, it, I think every five has this quality, by the way, this is not just you, but you know, there's that like, if you don't want to be seen, you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that for sure. Right. Uh, and, and I just remember thinking, you know, the couple of times I met you, like, I, I don't really feel like I, I met that person, you know, and now I, it's, it's crazy, but because we could just communicate via social media and now the podcasts, but I feel like I know you and I see you and knowing you is helping me know me better. That's for both of you. Aw, that's awesome. We love that. Yeah. You know, I think that's been part of our marriage is that I, for so long in loving her, cause we've been together for 14 years, married for 10 years this September. Um, I, I've seen her. I've seen her and loved her and known her to the best that I could for, you know, what she made available to me because of what she made available to herself. But I wanted so desperately for other people to know her because I know she's amazing, but you're right. She was so closed off from herself, from me, from everyone to a certain extent that getting to know her just wasn't even possible for so many people. But I love that now she, Mm. she's, confident she is self-assured she knows who she is and she's not ashamed in any way um she will not modify it or dumb it down for anyone she is Gwen um and I just love that like I want to be that when I grow up Uh, (laughs) um, and I'm becoming it as I live you know with her as I love her as we're married and loving one another I get to be my full self too Mm -hmm. Um, isn't that the great lesson for all of us live fully i'm gonna clap into this microphone i'm sorry but live fully into who you are because who you are will help someone else to do the same thing yeah that's your superpower yeah who you are embrace it wear it loudly and proudly walk the walk yeah (laughs) whatever that walk is supposed to be for you no one can name it but when you find it and when you embrace it people are watching and you're helping them, whether you know it or not. Yeah, exactly. I just, 
I love you. I love you ladies very much. I'm so sorry that Summer wasn't here because I know she would have had some amazing insights and contributions to this conversation. I hope she's feeling, yeah, I hope she gets better um, quickly. And um, I just, we really, really thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Good. Okay, we'll talk more later. Bye everyone. Guys, thanks again for listening. You are amazing. The show is nothing without your support. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please hit the subscribe button and show us some love. My name is Summer Shine. You can find me on all the social meds or check out my website at summershinespeaks.com to hear more about what's going on in my world. A huge shout out to Rogue Media Network for all their time, love, and support. Wouldn't even be a thing without these guys. Make sure you check out their other shows and tune in again next week. A special thanks to Fish Hands for our theme music. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to Bandcamp and check out more from them. Remember, your story isn't over yet. You're still here for a reason. This tragedy is just one of the spaces in your life, and there is life on the other side. You'll make it out alive. You know how I know? I did. Peace out. I'm Becca. And I'm Josie. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges. And this is by the cover. No, wait. Do you want us to? Oh, shit. Okay, we'll try it again. Okay. Hi, I'm Becca. And I'm Josie. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges on By the Cover, a new podcast. Yeah, we're a talk show. God, we're a Josie. Com- yeah, we're a comedy talk show centered around Amazon book review culture. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are. All the we're places. There. You can't hide from us. Anyway, listen to our show. We're going to be funny. We're going to be talking about books, and it's going to be great. Yay! Promo over. The words I'm singing now mean nothing more than me. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Central Texas Living has found a new home on the Rogue Media Network in a podcast. Join me each week as I talk to a new guest from our community that you may know or have always wanted to. We'll talk about exciting events, progress, changes in our little part of the world, and much more. And if you've got people you'd love to hear from on the podcast, just drop me a line at ann at roguemedianetwork.com. The show you've loved over the years on television is now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and we'll see you next time on Central Texas Living. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.